You know, I'm going to give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> Stop laughing! And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty-ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why Are You Laughing? A history of comedy podcast. And today, I am pleased to introduce you to the best specials of 2022. This is the definitive list of specials. You don't need to go anywhere else. And uh, as it happens, when I look at lists like, uh, you know, the New York Times or any of these blogs that post the best specials of the year, I notice it's uh, diverse to a point where it's like, how can only women have the best specials of the year? But then when you look at my list, it seems like it's only white people. So I guess we all have our tastes. I didn't mean it to happen that way, but it seems like it did. Uh, yeah. Uh, you didn't know women are the funniest comics. So that's why. Well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about all of that, but uh, yeah, these are specials I would recommend throughout the year. Now, something I would preface this with, is there are only two specials on this list that I would say qualify, maybe three. Mm, we'll talk about it as we get there. Um, but two for sure that qualify as what I would consider like, you know, old school specials in the sense that, uh, you know, specials used to be special. <laughs> like when someone had something on HBO on a Friday night, you were like, wow, Chris Rock got an HBO special. Holy shit. Now everyone posts them on YouTube and that's what they should be doing. I hear a lot of comp uh, comics complain about that and things. Uh, that's what they should be doing. That's the best way to get their name out there. It advertises um, their live dates and all of that. So I think it's smart, but having a special is not the same as it used to be. So there's really only, you know, maybe two or three specials on this list that I think, 10, 15 years ago would have even been released. Um, and another thing that's changed over the years with specials is like Louis kind of ruined this for everyone where Louis created the model of a special every year. Hate that. Um, it was kind of, it was something George Carlin was kind of doing where he was trying to churn out these, these hours and Louis really, you know, picked up the ball and ran with it and did a special every year. Now, a lot of Louis specials are really, really amazing. <laughs> Um, and the two, since he's come back, have been about a year, maybe a year and a half apart and have both been excellent, I think, but not everyone's Louis CK. And I think that's the issue. You know, now you're seeing a lot of guys that, uh, and girls that are putting out multiple hours over a pretty short time. And it's like, what would make you, th Brendan Schaub has two specials. You know, mm -hmm. so that's the, that's the, uh, that's the level we're talking about here with people churning out specials. So we're going to get into it all today. Um, and let us know if you guys, you know, respond on Twitter or Patreon or wherever you guys communicate with us. Um, let us know if there's any that I missed. Cause I'm, I'm sure that there are, uh, with this the list is I think entirely YouTube and Netflix, um, which I know, you know, Amazon has some HBO has a, a bunch. Uh, I feel like HBO has sort of declined in quality, but um, I'm sure there's some I've missed. So uh, you guys let me know, um, you know, wherever you, uh, wherever you communicate with us and you can find those places to communicate with us on blindmike.net. That's right. That's our, uh, 
our uh, home base for all of our links. You can support this show, Why You Laughing, or the Blind Mike Project. Uh, all the free links on Apple, Spotify, YouTube are all up there on blindmike.net. And if you'd like to, uh, you know, back us with a little quiche, say, uh, you know, Mike, I'd like to be a partner in this whole thing, then uh, come on the Patreon. Join us. Um, starting in the new year, we have uh, uh, bonus episodes. I believe the first one will be Joe Matarese part two. Ooh. Very exciting. Yay. Um, and depending upon how this stuttering John, we're uh, recording this the day the stuttering John episode comes out. So if we get good response on that, maybe part two of John will be uh, the second episode. We'll see. Um, but yeah, if you guys are interested in like, you know, like I want to have Carl on to do the breakup of Opie and Anthony. Oh, love that idea. And, and I think that will be a main feed episode. That'll, that'll go out for free and everything. That could be a six parter though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly could be. Um, so like, I th- and you know, if we do, um, something about Howard Stern or Artie Lang or something, that'll go out, uh, for free. But the more obscure stuff, like I said, with, you know, let's say it's Eric the Midget or Lady Die or uh, the Homeless Charlie incident with Opie and Anthony. Um, that sort of stuff is uh, what I'm thinking for the bonus episode. So if you're into that stuff, make sure you subscribe to the Patreon, for goodness sake. We'd love to have you. Oh, Also, um, with this episode, I don't know if you want to get into the YouTube feed fiasco. Oh, that's right. Yes, thank you. Uh, good job, Craig. Good catch. Yeah, so uh, we're going to play a bunch of clips today. Some are from Netflix. And Netflix, I believe the penalty, I'm pretty sure, uh, if you play Netflix content on YouTube, I'm pretty sure they, they reply with a video of them uh, sodomizing each one of your family members. Yes. They send that back to you. Yep. And you have to watch it. The guy comes to your door, he holds your eyelids open, and you have to watch it. Uh, so to avoid that, we may have to edit this episode on YouTube a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, listen to the audio version, or if you want the actual video, make sure you subscribe to the Patreon because uh, YouTube ain't having none of that. Netflix doesn't allow it. Yeah, which is crazy. But YouTube's honestly been fucking my ass the hardest over like Comedy Central. Yes. Viacom in general. Comedy Central, yeah, that's a good place to start, actually, because Comedy Central used to be one of the kings. If you weren't on HBO, not one of it was the place to go for a while. Well, I would say HBO was like the pinnacle for, you know, like if you name some of the all time specials. Yeah. Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock. Those are on HBO. Yep. So HBO is like the the pinnacle. But for, you know, up and coming comics, the place to be was to get a Comedy Central special. The presents, even uh, those were those are my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that that's really like, uh, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch with Mitch Hedberg and Dane Cook. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned Gaffigan. Like when I was a kid, all day it would be uh, reruns of Comedy Central presents Nick Swartzen, Jim Gaffigan, Dane Cook, and Mitch Hedberg. Like in a given week, you could see each one of those six times. It was crazy how often they ran those. So it was great for the, you know, young comics to get that half hour. And it was at a time where everyone was watching cable television, obviously. Um, Then Comedy Central started doing weird stuff with their specials where like Norm, the the famous example is Norm MacDonald will always talk about me doing standup. One of my favorite specials ever was on Comedy Central. Love it. And it was on a time, if I'm, I haven't fact-checked this, I take Norm's word as gospel, 
but Norma said it was on at a time where it was like, uh, you know, Earth Day or Green Day or something like that. And there was an hour where every, every channel said, hey, turn off your TVs to help the environment. <laughs> and at that time, they debuted me doing stand-up. Norm <laughs> so literally, America turned off their televisions uh, the hour that one of the greatest stand-ups of all time debuted his first ever uh, comedy special. And Comedy Central was like, man, this thing really isn't performing. Yeah, and they and then they tried to like compete with Netflix by not allowing their content out there. You had to have a Comedy Central account uh, to view, you know, like Nate Bargatze's special, um, the, the, the special that he, if you wanted to watch that, you had to have a Comedy Central, you know, like premium account or something to watch online. Uh, and I've all I've heard was that like the website didn't work or anything. And this was to compete with Netflix, who was making stars out of, you know, Bill Burr, Tom Segura, John Mulaney, all these people. Um, that's it. Mulaney had a his first special was uh, Comedy Central. Nate Bargatze, Norm Macdonald, like the names we're just casually throwing out there were, you know, are, are the best in the business now. And Comedy Central just kind of like ignored that and did nothing with it and weren't able to keep up with the streaming services and everything. And now they play reruns of uh, Seinfeld and The Office. So so it shows you how well uh, they were able to adapt to modern times. You can see where all their funds went. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but since I mentioned Norm MacDonald, I think a good place to start would be his special that came out earlier this year. Um, so th- this was a uh, controversial at the time in the sense that uh, a lot of people didn't like it and a lot of people criticized it. And then a lot of people went way over the top and saying it was genius. It was brilliant. All of this. Um, I remember watching one of uh, Mark Marin's bizarre Instagram rants where he rails against Joe Rogan for some reason. (laughs) Uh, But he made an interesting point in one of these where he said, he goes, you know, I don't think Norm wanted that out there. That special. So I think it was something he recorded because he was working on it. Um, And we were probably never supposed to see it. I don't agree with that. Uh, because I think his, his friend there, Lori Joe, I always forget her last name, but she was like his, you know, very, they were very close. And I think she handled his business to some extent. Uh, I got the feeling that she would never have released that if Norm didn't want it out there. Right. And also the way it was shot, like the way it was introduced and closed out felt like it was meant to be seen by people. It didn't seem like he was just, you know, recording down his jokes, you know? Um, so I do think it was something we were supposed to see. I think it was done in a very weird way. I could have done without, uh, you know, Letterman and Chappelle and Conan O'Brien. And for some reason, Molly Shannon was there. Uh, I could have done without their analysis or at least make that a separate episode. You know how like when sh- when Netflix released uh, m- uh, multiple Chappelle specials at once, yeah. they make it like two separate episodes, essentially. Right. Why not just do that instead of like now we're... Wa- it, it, it's very weird to have like a post-game show for a stand-up special. It was, it was done in a weird way. Um, but my take on it was like, if you just randomly... So I think people expected too much out of it. 
Right. We're like, oh, yes, we got a little more Norm. This is going to be awesome. And in reality, it was him working on material, kind of. And it felt weird because it wasn't in front of a crowd. But if you just stumbled upon that one day randomly on YouTube and said, this is a thing that, oh, I didn't know Norm said these words. Let me listen to it. You'd be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think you would overanalyze it the way that we did at the time. Right. I would have preferred like, um, like, like his personal videos that you take of your set yep. rather than the way it went down. I just think that would have, even if it was yep. like the material obviously wouldn't have been as polished. It would have right. just been more fun that way. I don't know. I, I liked it, but, um, I thought it was strange the fact that he was dead. It was just weird. It was certainly strange, but again, I don't know. Like everyone was so excited that he did this. And then when it came out, everyone was like, well, bummed out about it. It's like, I, I really don't know what you expected if you were that excited about it. You know, that's right. a, it was to me, it was the level that I expected. I didn't spe- expect him to be fucking slaying, you know, Eddie Murphy with the leather jacket type of type of responses when you're sitting in your house listening to a guy ramble with no audience, you well, know? Yeah, because a lot of the funny parts, too, are the crowd reacting to the nonsense that comes out of his face. So right. when you right. say it to silence, you're like, uh, huh. yeah. Yeah. So I don't put it on, uh, you know, the list of the best. Um, we'll go through a couple other honorable mentions, I suppose, before we get into my list. But um, another one from a legend would be Bill Burr live at Red Rocks. And I thought this was interesting because I thought Bill Burr had some absolutely killer jokes in this special. Mm-hmm. I thought he had some great stuff. And then he had some stuff I was kind of bored with. Yeah. And then like a month later, I saw him at Fenway. Oh my God. I saw him, the, I think the a couple days before you. Yeah. Yeah. Craig got to see him at a, a club, which was probably a... I can't say cooler because Fenway is kind of a cool place to see a comedy show, but more intimate experience. Yeah. There's like 150 people. And yeah, I think you you might be going the way I'm thinking, but uh, I thought the new stuff was significantly better than a special. Well, it's interesting. I thought, so I thought the new stuff was probably better, but my main thought was if he just combined these two, if he took the best jokes from Red Rocks and the best jokes from Fenway Park, because he filmed the Fenway Park show as well. I don't know when or where that's coming out, but he filmed both. And my logic was, why not combine them and make one amazing special? My guess is he's going to work this material like he normally would, film a special, and then have that come out as either um, a vinyl or like a special edition, because it's not as done as he'd want it to be. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. I think they were shooting, like filming it as well. Well, that's but what yeah, I mean. That, that, yeah. Because he did, uh, he did something similar to that when he did Carnegie Music Hall, I think. Yep. He just released like a, um, a vinyl version of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like it, good to go back to the Louis thing. It's like every, and so many guys talk about this. I was, you know, Rogan talks about it all the time and I was listening to him talk recently and say, oh, it's going to come up with another special that we have towards the top of the list as well, where it got interrupted because of the pandemic. They were going to shoot a special, you know, Rogan was going to shoot a special around the time everything got shut down, got put on pause because of the pandemic. And he said, you know, when I came back, I had different perspective on things. I looked at things differently. I was able to workshop it more. And now everything's so much tighter. And that's what I think a lot of these guys lose perspective on 
like Burr is just cranking out material. And when you're at Burr's level, it's probably hard to turn down the $20 million or whatever Netflix is offering you. Mm-hmm. So I understand that, but it is also like, well, you know, if you waited a year, guaranteed that material would be better, you know? I, I think so. Um, Bill, Bill Burr also said um, on the same thing, because Louie was doing like a year, I think Bill said he tried that and he didn't like it. So he found 18 months as the, his sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, uh, you know who was doing that for a long time and stopped, I guess, is Jim Norton. He was doing one every year. Uh, I thought they were all pretty good. And now he hasn't come out with one in a while. Yeah. He's, um, I don't know. I don't know if something's going on with him. <laughs> I, I can't. He slowed down. I, I don't know what his deal is. I can't but. quite tell. I do. I do enjoy his Twitter feed when he puts videos of him bombing. That's almost yes. just as good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that's an interesting thing too, is like crowd work specials and things like that. And Norton has used Instagram properly where he puts out like him bombing with whether it's jokes or crowd work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of people like Stavros Halkius, uh, has blown up because of crowd work on Instagram. And it makes sense that that's what you put up for, uh, you know, Instagram and TikTok clips. It makes sense that you put up crowd work. I mean, Schultz is the best example of doing this, Like he really blew up with it. Um, you know, it, it does make sense that they're doing it. It just becomes monotonous a lot because like, I think Stavros and Andrew are funny guys, but then if you're scrolling through Instagram long enough, it just becomes like, uh, hey, uh, where are you from? Oh, Minnesota? Oh, what do you do for work? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that, uh, that's crazy. Next clip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. the lesser comedians feel like they have to put up their crowd work. And often, it, often A, it sucks. But even more often, you can't hear what the person is saying because they're not mic'd. So it just becomes them responding to things. You're like, okay, I don't know what's happening here. Um, but the reason I mentioned that is that uh, Stavros Halkius also had a special. Now, this is an interesting one because this got like 4 million views on YouTube. Uh, it blew up to the point where Stavros was able to leave his very successful podcast to go out on his own. Um, he just started a new podcast, which I think is Interesting. He claimed he wanted to take a long break off of podcasting. Now he started a new one six months later. So I wonder what was going on there. But his special, you know, doing so well allowed him to, um, you know, I think he's starting to do theaters and bigger venues now. Just did Rogan huge, by obviously. himself. What's that? He just did Rogan by himself. He, he was just on Rogan. Yeah. So it really, it really blew him up. And the reason I mentioned it in, in this section here is because... I like Stavros as a comedian and didn't love his special that much. Um, I thought it was not his best stuff. Like I've seen him open a few times um, and I saw him headline once here in Boston. And I thought each time I've seen him, he had better stuff than was in his special. And some of his premises to me were very weird to the, like weird in the way that like, you know, it's kind of like, uh, oh, you know, when this happens and people laugh, but I'm like, no, I don't know. when that, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not relating to anything you're saying. Um, so I thought he's had material in the past that was better than what was in that special. So I don't know why I didn't connect with this one because it was so successful and it blew up his career. Like he got huge off of it 
just being on YouTube, but mm. I didn't like it that much. And I think it seems like I'm in the minority on that. If you're a Stavros Alkius fan. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I like, uh, I don't hate him, but I, I never really got into come town either. So it's not, I'm not really familiar with him too much. Which is so interesting. Cause if you guys go listen to a very good show, Craig's podcast, it is Almost as if they said, let's, I, I would think they were reading come town scripts is what essentially <laughs> <laughs> what I thought their model was, but <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, now I did mention heavy with whites on this list. Yep. So I just wanted to, uh, you couple, know, a couple, a couple Jews though. We got Jews, which I think is important in this time, but given what Kanye has done to the climate, I think it's important that we have Jews on this list. Right. And a gay. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. And a woman. And a woman. So where you listen, among whites, we're very diverse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to mention a couple specials that I did watch um, and that are on these lists. So like the New York Times will put out their list. And for whatever reason, their list is not just like the funniest special. <laughs> It's like, you know, the best message and the be- it's it's so weird that you have to turn comedy into that. But also the list, if you look at the the names and the you know background of each person, you're like, boy, it is odd that a vast majority, like you're saying, you know, white males dominate comedy, and yet not one slipped onto this list somehow. It's very weird. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to mention a few that our our honorable mentions also don't help us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, some, some places did like name specials that I did enjoy. Like for example, uh, Ronnie Chang was one that I saw come up a lot. Do you know him at all? Uh, no. Um, so he works on the daily show now. Uh, and, Oh, I know, I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's very funny. And I thought his first Netflix special uh, was very good. And so I watched his Netflix special this year that came out that was called Speakeasy on Netflix. Um, And I didn't think it was as good, A, because it is very heavy in the politics. And I feel like the second half feels more just like a rant rather than comedy. Like it feels a little more angry for some reason. That's a lot of comedy now though. Yeah. And I didn't think, so here's the thing about Ronnie Chang and why I mentioned him specifically. His first special was not like that. He was opening for Tony Hinchcliffe and (laughs) (laughs) not a different guy. Um, So Ronnie Chang's first special I thought was very funny and I was expecting more out of this one, but it seems like a, maybe because he works for the daily show, he felt like he has to be more political now. Um, But there's also an interesting thing with Ronnie Chang, like where I don't feel he's the same as a lot of these people that are just on that list because of their, you know, because they're gay or poly or non-binary or uh, a different race. Like, I think a lot of people are thrown on these lists just because of that reason. The interesting thing about Ronnie Chang is like, there's probably something to that. Like he's been in America for seven years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not as far along in comedy as say Joe list. 
And yet he's more successful. He has two Netflix specials. He's on The Daily Show. He's gotten a lot more opportunities. Some of that probably is because of his race, but he's also a very funny guy. So, like, I'm not watching his specials thinking, how is this guy getting these opportunities? So I think there is some of that where I'm like, you're still, you know, kind of happy for him when he has those opportunities. Yeah. And what I also found interesting about his special is like, it felt less angry to me than it would have otherwise. Cause I think there's a lot of, you know, white kids that have never left Brooklyn that put out specials and rant against America. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ronnie Chang, you know, grew up in Malaysia lived in Singapore and then Australia before coming here. And so you're getting an actual different perspective as opposed to like some hipster saying like, aren't, aren't whites the worst gang? Naturally. The worst. <laughs> you know, you're getting actual perspective with Ronnie Chang, which I did like, and he had some funny jokes for sure, but it's just tough when I look at people higher on this list where I'm like, why don't they have two Netflix specials? That is pretty weird. But I think we are seeing the death of the Netflix special as well. Uh, yeah, and the, the YouTube's taking over. Yeah, YouTube is for sure taking over, almost to the point where I think YouTube's time is up. <laughs> uh, when the, the last uh, Protect Our Parks episode of Rogan, uh, you could hear Ari Shafir kind of convincing Rogan to put his special on YouTube. And it's like, if that happens, if guys like that start going to YouTube then I don't know what happens, you know? And it's like, well, everyone can watch every special they want. So is it at all special? You got to think, we have to think of a different word for these hours. I can tell you, I can tell you exactly why that's not going to happen. Cause Ari shared how much money he made off his special. (laughs) Bought him a nice uh, Toyota Toyota Corolla or something. Yeah. It was $22,000. Yeah. That he made. I don't know. If that, I don't know if he was being. Uh, I believe you know, it. If exaggerating he, at all, but that's probably not that far off. I, yeah. I believe it. Um, unless he has a tip jar up, then I, maybe he's lying. But um, right, right. At least from just the the. I don't know. You get paid. I don't know how much per view. Like it's almost nothing. Yeah. Um, now watch on the YouTube, folks. Give us a quarter of a cent. Yeah, please. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I do think Netflix is sort of fading away the way HBO was a couple of years ago. I remember a couple of years ago when HBO put up uh, Gary Goleman's special and Dan Soder. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, good for them. That's a, that's pretty cool that they got HBO special. And then a year later, I was like, oh, that was like they got in on the way down. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It wasn't Gary Goleman and, H- and Dan Soder finally getting HBO specials. It was HBO you know, kind of cratering and going, please, please, please come here. <laughs> we need Gary Goleman now. Yeah. <laughs> please don't go to Netflix. Yeah. Um, Tom Segura is the reason I think that Netflix blew up in that way because he got huge from it. Tom Segura is probably the best example. He always says Bill Burr was the first. Yes. Um, but yeah, Bill Burr was already had some sort of popularity. Right. I think Segura was the first guy to go from like a, a guy who might not be selling out a club in a given weekend. Right. To now he has arenas <laughs> right. because of, in large part, because of his Netflix special. Bill Burr was probably the first guy on Netflix to get like a giant chunk of change from them. Tom yeah. Segura was the first guy that like it made changed his life yes. entirely. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm when, trying when to, Mike, oh, and you know, when Mike Tyson's noticing you on a plane because of your Netflix special, that that's how you know it's working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there's another one that I want to mention. 
I think what we basically have is like a top 10. It might end up being like a top 12 based on late additions that I made. Um, so oh. we'll get into that. But the first thing I wanted to mention is very interesting. Uh, everyone, if you go on like Reddit or anything, any of these places where you're looking at, or even some of these like blogs where you're, that people are talking about the best specials of the year. For whatever reason, people cite Shane Gillis over and over again. <laughs> and, and I think Shane's special live in Austin uh, was, or live from Austin was one of the best specials of the last 10 years. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic, but it came out in September of last year. So I don't know why that keeps being included, but I figured one thing we could play was uh, Gillian Keeves did come out this year, yes. which I don't technically count as a comedy special, but the way they did it, it was like an hour long in front of a live audience. So it was kind of in a special format. So I figured uh, we would just play this clip real quick and from Shane's special and then tell you a little bit about Gillian Keeves. Never mind, I was thinking about the first time like Congress had to come up with age of consent. That had to be like the powdered wigs and stuff. That had to be a rough day for the fellas. It's like some guy coming up first, like from Rhode Island, uh, 12. And I was like, ew, ew. No, dude. I, I don't know why I have to go first on this one. It's like the hardest one to go first on. So they turned up brilliant bit, by the way. That's so funny. But, uh, he also turned that into a sketch for Gillian Keeves this year. Francis Ellis. Uh, <laughs> Francis Ellis is in it, yes. Yep. Uh, and it's a longer format. It's very, very funny. Um, and I think, hard to say, season two of Gilly, Gillian Keeves better than season one, would you say? No. No? no. There are a couple s sketches, I think. I think that sketch, I think the uh, Trump playing Hitler... <laughs> See, that was funny, but I also think Trump speed dating was funnier than Trump Hitler. And I think um, the Matt McCusker sketch at the very end. That was maybe their best one ever. I think those three, I think those were three of their best ever, in my opinion. Matt <laughs> McCusker was so friggin' funny in that sketch. Uh, Silent it, it Assassin. Was, yeah. He was so great. But um, yeah, no, I, I love the, I, like, sketch shows are tough now. Like even yeah. um um I I think you should is that what it's called I think you should Tim leave. Robinson yeah yeah like that has very hit or miss and everyone tells me to want I got to give it another chance but I tried it and maybe I was just in a bad mood or something I didn't get it watch um just watch the uh, uh the haunted house one okay that one's very everyone funny. everyone tells me to the po to the point where I'm like I must I have to be wrong because everyone is saying how great this well is. me too the uh, the haunted house one legitimately made me laugh really hard. Okay. Um, the rest of them, I was like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So I think Gillian Keeves have the, uh, best sketches going right now. Mm -hmm. Um, the idea, and maybe they wouldn't want to work with Netflix or something. And this is, I've talked about this before, but where Netflix I feel is fucking up is they are not giving, what they should be doing is not just giving Shane Gillis a special. They should be going after Gillian Keeves. You know what I mean? They did a special with Tim Dillon this year that we'll talk about in a minute, but they should be trying to give Tim Dillon a show on Netflix. Like Mark Norman and Sam Marill have both done stuff with Netflix and they've talked about wanting to write a movie, bring them in. You know what I mean? Right. Joe List just made a great movie with Louis CK. Bring these guys in dominate comedy Netflix. If you want to be, you know, 
if you think you still have some juice as the place for stand up, be the place for all of comedy, comedy movies, comedy TV shows, because there's still clearly an audience for that out there, whether or not it's, it would work in theaters anymore. But like studios have decided it's not worth it to us to make a comedy that might make a hundred million dollars. Mm. We'd rather make these franchises that'll make a billion dollars. So Netflix, why don't you be the place for that? Make that your niche, you know, and that's where everyone will go for comedy. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that's where they're fucking up, but it's unbelievable. Like Gillian Keeves is so well done and it's just these dummies from Philly that are making sketches, you know, I wonder how much money was stolen from the Gillian Keeves coffers. Why do you say that? Well, what's it, friend? Uh, six. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, that's a whole another can of war. Yeah, I wonder if he got his mitts on that. <laughs> yeah. I, have you ever seen? Um, they, it's been out. Uh, it was another Shane Gillis thing. It's not. Uh, it was like a, a YouTube television show called Tires. Um, I know. I saw some of the sketches that came out like when he got fired from SNL. Some of those sketches started to come out. So I think yeah. I've seen some of them. No, that the one I'm talking about was like a legit show, like a television oh, show. Okay. It's on YouTube. The episode, they only did the one. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen and it's never come back and it's very upsetting. See, like give those, give those guys something like, you know, um, I know whether you like them or not, Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee always talk about trying to make TV shows and stuff like that. It's like you have a relationship with these people, make something happen, make Netflix be the place for com- the way they are for documentaries, you know, like they thrive in the sort of documentary space, mm-hmm. try to dominate that, comedy niche because no one else is doing it for whatever reason right um so we will get into uh my list here i was just gonna say we're like 35 minutes in we're never gonna end i thought this was gonna be a short episode (laughs) (laughs) i could talk about this all day yeah yeah all right so let's get to the top 12 i guess it's gonna end up being because i have two outside the top 10 dimension um no particular order uh, let's go in the order I sent them except for, no, no, I mean, one. are these in like your favorite to least favorite or is it just least favorite to favorite? Yeah. So Gillian Keeves was your number 10. Well, Gillian Keeves, I didn't count, but yes. In oh, that okay. Order, yeah. I gotcha. Gillian gotcha. Keeves, I just don't count as a special. That would be probably number three on this list if, if I felt it counted, but yeah. I just think it's a separate category. Gotcha. You know? So, uh, Ryan Long, white immigrant. Yeah. So this was probably the first one on this list to come out this year. Um, and uh, Ryan Long, if you don't know him, is uh, from Canada. He also makes some very funny sketches on the internet. Extremely funny. Uh, <laughs> he is he is the the podcasting partner of Danny Polish Chuck, mm-hmm. who helped us discover Peter Shickley on this podcast. Weirdest episode we've ever done. Which I fucked up. I saw Ryan at Skankfest, and I should have said I'm the Shickley guy. Get him in. But uh, yeah, I think Ryan Long is very funny. Um, I loved it at the time, and then as the year went on, uh, obviously some specials came out that surpassed it. But at the time, I was like, "Boy, this is very good." It didn't do as much as for Ryan Long as it seemed as YouTube specials seem to do for a lot of other people. Um, so I wanted to mention it on this list because I think. Uh, more people should check out white immigrant. He's, but you know, I hate using the word like shock value, but he's similar to Andrew Schultz in the sense that he's hitting on very topical things and he's, you know, down the middle, I think politically, but Mm. always taking the side that you aren't supposed to, you know what I'm saying? Those evil Republicans. 
Yes, those, <laughs> those dirty dogs. Uh, so this is a clip from Ryan Wong's White Immigrant on YouTube. And the trans stuff. You, know, you got to talk about the trans stuff. Uh, that's the only way to get press. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very funny line. That's the system. That's the new system. You got, you got, that's how you have to do it. <laughs> Jews used to run the media. Not anymore. Uh, 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 Caught slipping Jews. <laughs> There's a lot of articles. They're like, you know, if you have sex with a trans person, there still is a penis. You suck the dick. There's nothing gay about that. <laughs> and you're like, oh, maybe, you know. <laughs> or maybe it'll be one of those things in 20 years where like, yeah, we were off on that. <laughs> yeah, I got carried. Remember all those dicks that you sucked? <laughs> and we promised you how straight it was? Psych! <laughs> You're there with cum in your mouth. Like, but you promise! <laughs> You're telling me this is gay now? What the? Oh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> I guess a lot of people are sort of getting in trouble since, you know, everyone became the volunteer HR department of the internet. Uh, <laughs> really only get people fired from their like cool Hollywood jobs though. You're not getting a guy fired from his like construction worker job in Staten Island <laughs> with a tweet. <laughs> when you come to the foreman and you're like, we did some research and it turns out Cody tweeted something racist in 2001 and the foreman's just like, uh, yeah, we're all racist. So... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you get a vibe of what I'm talking about there. Like he doesn't... I don't even think... I think by like today's standards, he would be defined as right wing or something. But like, I don't think he is. Like when I listen to Ryan Long and Tim Dillon and Joe Rogan, people like that, like they're painted as right wing. But I would bet they're not voting Republican. Now. All they're doing you know? is they are brave enough to make fun of everybody. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm surprised I'm not heard Ryan Long mentioned a lot more with these guys. Like I feel most of the people on this list are pretty underrated, um, but Ryan Long might be the most because I don't hear him in the same category. And his video, his, his um, uh, this special didn't get the amount of views that a lot of the others did. So uh, I go check out Ryan Long because if you don't know, I mean, I think his special was on par of any of the others we're about to mention. Yeah, his uh, his uh, like sketch videos are where his money's made. Yeah. The one that blew up, you might know him from. Uh, I think the one that blew up that I mentioned, the uh, Polish Chuck, was uh, the right and the left are the same person. Yeah, it's <laughs> it a was great, a very funny video. <laughs> so check that out as well. Uh, who is next on our list? Uh, Taylor Tomlinson. So she wins the ladies award. A round of applause. <laughs> this the is little the, lady did pretty well. This is the why you laughing? Uh, let's not get canceled. Participation <laughs> placement. That's right. We're yeah. all inclusive here. White with whites of all varieties here. <laughs> why you laughing? <laughs> White. Um, by the way, Ali, go go check out uh, Ali Sadiq's podcast. Ali Sadiq's podcast. It was very funny. Don't even know his name. Don't even pretend. <laughs> <laughs> Earthquake had a good one. <laughs> He's pretty good. Um, yeah, so Taylor Tomlinson, I thought definitely, I mean, the best female special of the year. Uh, but no, I genuinely thought it was very good. Um, I, I, I laughed very hard at the time. It was weird because like there were certain bits where I was like, oh, maybe I found this more funny when I was watching it the first. That's the weird thing about specials in general mm -hmm. is like when I'll see 
I'll go to like a, a live show and it might even be a taping of a special. And then when I'll watch it on YouTube, it's like, well, I found this hilarious the first time. Oh, like the, uh, like the roast at Skankfest. <laughs> well, that may have had a little do with substances and things as well. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But yeah, Taylor Tomlinson's special I thought was very funny. Uh, Look at you. It's called uh, Netflix, another one on uh, Netflix. Um, and I mean, the most impressive thing about her is she's 20. She was 28 when this came out, maybe 29 by now, but 28, 29 years old. She's already had two specials on Netflix. Her first one, the reason uh, here's why I might be grading on a curve with her too, is the first one I didn't really like. And uh, my girlfriend liked it. And I was like, well, typical broad, you know how they are. (laughs) Of course you did. So I watched this one with a discerning eye. And uh, she won me over and she talks about uh, being bipolar a lot and mental illness and things. And I thought it was very good. Uh, this clip doesn't really have to do with that. I figured it would more <laughs> paint an erotic image around our, uh, my, my faithful producer here. So I figured we would use this clip. New relationships are awkward because you got to tell a whole new person what you like in bed. And the only reason you know what you like in bed is because someone else did it to you first. <laughs> But you can't say it like that, right? You gotta do that cute little tap dance of like, oh babe, you know it would be so fun? This never even occurred to me before. You know what your body is inspiring me to do right now? But in your head, you're just like, do it like Craig. Could you just do it how Craig did it every time? Craig didn't do shit right. He did that right, let me tell you. Can we just call him? Can we just call him and ask? It's not a big deal. We're all adults here. Remember when we reset the Wi-Fi router last month? It's just like that, babe. He's just a voice on the phone with the password. That's all he is to me now. That's very funny. No, yeah, I didn't I block I his number when you asked me to. Of course I did. But when you block a number, your phone kind of just saves it in a different folder. <laughs> Ooh, some of us are going to fight in the car. Not everybody knew that. <laughs> yeah, I thought those were very funny. But but a lot of it, like I said, was about uh, being bipolar and mentally ill and uh, her relationship with her dad and her mom dying and things like that. But it was very well done and it was never sappy or anything. Um I think that's what you'll f- like, you know, Hannah Gadsby kind of inspired a generation of people thinking their uh, special needed to have a message. Ugh. And maybe that's why I like Taylor's also, because in a way hers did, or there was, you know, so- half a theme to it, I guess you could say, but it was genuinely funny all the way through. Like there was no moment of, and if I can get real with you guys for a moment, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was actually brutally raped. Yeah, so I thought I, I thought Taylor was very funny, and um, you know she could be taking. I, I think maybe she's taking that mantle of uh, Amy Schumer, Nikki Glaser, a uh, moderately attractive blonde at the time. <laughs> a moderately attractive <laughs> blonde that has a lot of sex material. Yeah, so I think she's uh, taking that mantle. I think she's going to be pretty huge in the uh, coming years. Um, Is that because cool. uh, Amy Schumer paved the way? That's right. Yes. That's, a, that's fun. That's a fat joke. I got it. <laughs> who's, uh, who's next on our list here? Uh, Tim Dillon. <laughs> yeah. So this is one that got a lot of shit for some reason. Tim Dillon is going through a weird period. Uh, his producer left his podcast and people on the Tim Dillon subreddit are turning on him. <laughs> he is, um, and they're like taking victory laps. Like his, he has like one of, if not the highest monthly Patreon numbers. Uh, last we checked on a blind Mike project episode, I think he was number one. 
Yeah. And so like people on his subreddit are taking victory laps that like his Patreon went down $10,000 this month and shit like that. It's it's weird what's happening. He's with making his, so much money. He I bet he doesn't even notice. Doesn't notice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's making a quarter million dollars a month. Yeah, and send that our way, guys. If you are leaving Tim Dillon, come on over to the Planet yeah, Project. Yeah, we understand. <laughs> yeah. We're only here for um, pity. We need to so hit a quota. A weird, <laughs> there's, a, there's a weird thing going on with Tim where like is he's going through a tumultuous times time with his fan base and kind of adjusting to being more famous now and everything. So I saw a lot of people shitting on his special, which I found surprising because for a first special, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't think it's, it will be his best when his career is done. Like if he keeps putting work into standup. Now, part of this might also be like what Michael Che shit on Tim Dillon for is he basically called him a guy that got famous because of his podcast and didn't work. It's, you know, didn't get famous through his standup. So he does shitty standup shows is essentially what Michael Che said. Mm -hmm. And um, people took a lot of people took that and ran with it. I watched this special and I saw it uh, live as well in Providence when he was up here. And I really enjoyed a lot of it. I thought there was a lot of funny, smart material. Um, So we'll play a clip from it real quick. This is also on Netflix. Um, A Real Hero, it's called. It's weird that we had this global pandemic, but the way we dealt with it was very local. That was never better evidenced by when you told a doctor that you were being vaccinated in different parts of the country. Like in New York and LA, if you were like, hey, I'm fully vaxxed, a doctor would be like, yes, bitch! You're a silly whore. You're a dirty little cum slut. That's what you are. They got so excited. But I told my doctor in Texas I was vaccinated. He looked at me, he was like, okay. (laughs) And then I swear to God, he goes, when you get out of here, I want you to go to a website that really explains what's going on. (laughs) I'm like, why don't you explain what's going on? I'm here in your office. He goes, okay, the Jews killed Princess Diana. I was like, I have a head cold. He goes, I know, I'm getting to that. I'm laying the foundation, bear with me. And the funny thing about that too is like a lot of people, particularly in the beginning of the year, a lot of people came out with specials where the, the obligatory COVID joke opened. Like, wasn't it crazy we had to wear masks? But Tim is one of the few guys that was tackling like just genuine conspiracy theories, which I like. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, he's very, he's again, very topical like Ryan Wong, but in a way that's not, beating you over the head with any agenda, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he also has a joke in there about a uh, Chick-fil-A people are getting offended by like Chick-fil-A's message or any corporation really like what's their message. What's their political message. And he goes, have you ever been to a drive through and thought, I wonder what this guy thinks about abortion. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to get into his head. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought, I thought it was really good. A lot of people said they were disappointed and you know, I threw like the subreddit under the bus, but people 
that I don't even know if they're, you know, typical Reddit troll. People just messaged me saying like, hey, I know you're a Tim Dillon fan. I found his special disappointing. And I was like, really? I'm, sur- I'm surprised by that. I, so. I don't think it was as funny as his podcast is. Um, Sure. Sure. But I think his podcast is very funny. Right. Know? So like, so I don't know tough, if it's a tough grade. I don't know if that's what people are trying to say. I think it is. I think that's what they're judging it by. And I don't know if that's a fair assessment, really. I still thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was very. I mean, it made our top 10 as we count them down here on Why Are You Laughing? <laughs> yeah. Um, what is next uh, on our list here? Giannis Pappas. Um, trying to think. Okay, yeah. Because there's two I want to insert here, and I'm trying to think of where exactly. But yeah, I would say Giannis Pappas probably fits at number nine. I thought it was very good. It seems like Giannis is trying to border on what we were taught, like with Ryan and Tim Dillon and Joe Rogan, what we were talking about with them politically. It seems Giannis is trying to get into that world a little bit. Yeah. Um, didn't isn't that why you uh, I forget which part was the history hyenas or something? Isn't that why like <laughs> it didn't work out? Yeah, yeah, because De Stefano wanted to do a little more like I don't know mainstream or something, and like I feel yeah, I think he felt like for some reason he felt like Giannis was too dangerous. Is <laughs> basically <laughs> what it came down to. Um, but yeah, I think Giannis is a funny guy. I didn't know him as a stand-up at all. I hadn't seen his stand-up before his YouTube special, Mom Love, which did very well. You telling um, me he's a little too much for uh, Chrissy Backsteps? <laughs> he's a little too hot for that world, I guess. Yeah. But he, uh, I thought his special was great. Like I said, he gets into some of the, uh, you know, pseudo political stuff, but he also talks about relationships and things like that. And so this is him talking about uh, getting married. They start losing their mind around the rehearsal dinner. That's when they start getting giddy women, because that's like the last time they're going to be like a regular person, you know, before they turn into Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) So they start getting giddy about it. They're like, okay, remember, my wife is like, remember, remember, after the rehearsal dinner, you can't see me at all till tomorrow. Okay, don't ruin it. No, stop. Not even a peek. No, you can't. No, stop. Not till tomorrow. Don't ruin it. It's bad luck. You can't. And I had to pretend like I cared about any of this at all. I was like, why are we stopping at one night? Why don't we, you know, make a streak out of it? How about a whole week? How about we call this whole thing off? can't say that all right you can't say that you can't say what you're thinking all right when you get married guys i'm giving you advice you're gonna have to go big you're gonna have to act take an acting class if you have to don't say anything that's on your mind or anything reasonable just go along with it no matter what she says can't see you till tomorrow go stop you can't don't say what any normal person would say be like yeah i know i can't see you till tomorrow because we'll be asleep tonight so it's kind of the same as yesterday isn't it you can't say that you got to remember you're dealing with a mentally ill person at this point very cautious you'll get a coffee mug thrown at your head so when she says you can't see me not even a peek no you play it up you go big you act really shocked and scared. You go, what? What do you mean I can't see you? 
Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Please don't do this to me. I'm begging you, please. I need to see you. I need. Just give me a little peek, please. Don't do this to me. Just give me. They start scratching yourself like a crack out. I don't know if I can make it. Don't do this to me. A full seven hours. I can't do it. <laughs> please don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I thought Giannis was very funny and... Um, he kind of surprised me because I didn't know a lot of his stand-up, so I thought that was very good. And that's, again, another guy who probably came out with his first special at the right time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He, it, it, he was fully developed. Um, and there's also something there, like, I think there's a thing in comedy where it's become, you know, and now this podcast is a perfect example of people probably overanalyzing comedy, but there's a lot of people that would like listen to that and be like, Oh, he just talks about marriage. And it's like, well, if you have an interesting angle, like I've never heard that take on a rehearsal dinner or something like that. So it's like, if you have an angle on something that is unique and you haven't heard before, just fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like the topics themselves aren't hack. Like everyone uses, an example of a hack topic is being uh, airplanes, airplane material. Yeah, it's almost then, hack to bring that up as hack at this point. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then Louis did one of the best airplane bits of all time, you know, 20 years into people saying you can't do material about airplanes. Right. You know, so like it's it's almost kind of nice that like guys just bitching about their wives is sort of coming back. The new, the new airplane, the new airplane is a comic saying, yeah, just the other day I was walking and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Honestly, it's becoming like, isn't it crazy? We had two years of our lives taken away. It's like, yeah, we got it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably a fair place to insert, uh, one that we don't have a clip for. Um, and that would be, Nick Kroll, I would put it about number eight, which I totally was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, his special on Netflix, uh, Little Big Boy, I think it was called. Haven't seen it. Uh, was actually, it was, I, I thought it was very good. Um, and I was surprised because he had a Comedy Central special come out when he had his show, Kroll Show. Mm-hmm. And he included a lot like Bobby Bottle service and a lot of his characters. Um, which I found like, it just wasn't for me. I found it kind of annoying. Yep. Um, in this special, he does like, he'll do voices a little bit when it's necessary. Um, but I thought it was really well done. And my main takeaway was for a guy that grew up a uh, billionaire, a billionaire, billionaire, billionaire's <laughs> kid. Yeah. His father is, he's the son of a billionaire. Um, between this and Big Mouth, which I think is really well done. I love Big Mouth. I think Big Mouth is great. They got too so, woke for a second, but, uh, you know. Even what, some of that stuff I thought they handled pretty well. Like, what I've said about Big Mouth is a lot of it could be used. I get that you can't do it because of the language and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But it could be used in, like, middle school health classes. Seriously. Because it's so well done. Um, you know, the perspective on like just adolescence and, you know, puberty and all that. For shit. sure. No, the, the way they capture the hormones as funny and weird as it is, it's like also yeah. has some truth in it, but yeah. like, but like, uh, I was, I was more referring to, uh, the, there was a character, I forget her name, uh, Missy, who's half black, half Jewish. Oh, well that was just Jenny Slate's fault, but it's right. more of a blind mic project. Topic. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll move on. Um, but there, so between that with Big Mouth and this special where he talks about relationships and things like that, I'm like, he's 
incredibly well adjusted for the child of a billionaire. Yeah. And has like an amazingly relatable. That's the, that's the word I was trying to think of is an incredibly relatable point of view for a guy that grew up never wanting for anything. You know, he, um, he doesn't seem, he doesn't come across like, I don't know. You you, you pro- would never think that. Do you, you have, you have uh, any like insanely rich friends or friends that come from rich families? Uh, not insanely, but yeah, I have friends that never needed to worry about money. Some sure. of them, some of them come across that way. Some of them act like normal people. Yes. That, and yeah, I, he's I would one of the, he's somehow one of the normal ones. You wouldn't know that's where he came from. Exactly. Yeah. So check that out on Netflix. Little big boy. Um, but yeah, like I said, it surprised me. The, oh, the other thing that surprised me is like, he's a really famous guy now. So a lot of these famous guys, when they get Netflix deals, they just kind of like mail it in. This was like really tight and well done. It seemed like he clearly worked on it. You know, like the material was actually very good top to bottom, which I was a little surprised by. Um, all right. So what is number seven? I uh, think I think we're our counts off. Okay. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me double check that. Yeah. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, no. You're, you're yeah. right. Uh, this is uh, Schultz. Yeah, so there, there was some controversy around this, and it's uh, the way he did it is weird to me. So Andrew Schultz, I think, is a very innovative, smart guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's not completely you know, for me, though. In a way, he's like what Dane Cook was, but with the respect of comedians. <laughs> <laughs> You I'm gonna get. I mean? like I'm gonna get Dane Cook on this pro. I'm gonna get him on this program. So you better watch your mouth. No, no, no. I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean like his material is anything like Dane Cook's. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, he's a brilliant marketer, but comedians respect him and don't resent him for it the way they did with Dane. Right. Well, um, I was actually listening to a clip. Um, Bert Kreischer, uh, who's I forget who he was talking to, but he was talking about. The first time he saw Dan Cook pull up to a club in like a wicked nice car and everyone was pissed at him and like jealous. And he was yeah. like, I want to be like that. Yeah. And now they are like Segura and Bert are like that and mm-hmm. no one resents them for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's weird that that turned it. But Andrew, um, like people will talk about I, I, Ari Shafir talked about Schultz helping him with his special to the point where not just giving him advice. But then if he would see Ari wasn't taking that advice, he would follow up and be like, hey, man, you have to post this clip at this time, blah, blah, blah. Like, he would make sure these guys were doing these things to help them along. And a lot of people give Andrew Schultz credit for the way specials are being released on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get Andrew Schultz infamous on YouTube, which I find very puzzling <laughs> well, because I, like an asshole, paid for it. <laughs> uh... so, so Schultz did a thing that I thought was kind of innovative and you see a lot of podcasts doing this now, man, Shane just did it. Uh, the, are you garbage guys are doing it on new year's day. Uh, two bears, one cave and your mom's house have done it a bunch. Um, these live events on a, a site called moment house. Mm-hmm. Uh, moment house is essentially a streaming service for live comedy events. Um, so what Schultz did is he filmed a special sold it to Amazon yeah. um, for a million dollars or something like that. Something, something like that. 
I forget. And then bought it back because Amazon said, Hey, we want, we need to cut this joke and this joke. And Andrew Schultz said, I would rather buy it back from you and own it myself. So props to him for that. That's amazing. And a, a ballsy thing to do. I can, I can pick a few that it probably was too. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> um, Possibly even the one we're going to play, which would surprise me, but it might even be that one. I think it's the, I think it's the one uh, almost like right before this when he's talking about, yeah, uh, given the time it came hmm. out, this subject matter was a little dicey, (laughs) but, uh, he, so he bought it back from Amazon, put it out on moment house, charged people like 10 bucks or whatever it was. But then a bizarre thing like Louie, for example, um, sells his special on his website for like five or ten dollars mm-hmm. and then like a year or two later he'll release them for free you know so it's like you're going you're paying to see it now but also like supporting the artist right even though you know maybe in a couple of years you can get it for free right the reason i say this is bizarre is because schultz advertised this as like buy it and then you'll never get to see it again like you'll own it but nobody else will get to watch it after this Mm-hmm. And then he, a month later, he put it out on YouTube. <laughs> Is it was it a slightly different version? Maybe I don't think so. Hmm, I don't know. The I don't way- think so. So it was it was a weird way to do it, and like you know, uh, I'm glad people can go watch it for free. I guess so. Go check out Infamous on YouTube. Um, but I thought it was really funny. The other controversy around it is people have said Andrew steals jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will say he stole them from the internet. Some have named specific comedians. I don't think that's the case. Owen Benjamin. We've argued this on the Blind Mike Project, so go listen to that. Um, I'm probably a little more lenient with joke stealing than most, just because I think, like we talked about in the joke stealing episode, I truly believe that most of it is coincidence more than anything else. Well, I think we turned um, you. I think we turned you on that Owen Benjamin one. I might have turned a little bit on that one. I can't remember, but I think you might be right. Because <laughs> you found out it was years apart and not yeah. <laughs> at the same but time. Re- regardless, I thought this special was uh, very funny. Andrew, I, I, I should have put Andrew in that category too of guys like uh, Ryan Long. Yeah. Where, you know, he per- Andrew Schultz purposely goes after like the hot topic of the day as almost, again, a marketing strategy. He knows that'll get, clicks and that'll get interest. Um, but he doesn't take like the, the approach you're supposed to on them necessarily. Uh, so this is him talking about abortion and this was released. Uh, it was recorded when the abortion stuff, when was happening in Texas mm-hmm. where Texas was trying to ba- uh, ban abortion, but it was released like the week the Supreme court ruling came out. <laughs> so, uh, this was uh, that joke. Ah, Texas! Oh, Texas, we didn't talk about uh, how they're taking away your scoop scoops, ladies. Isn't that fucked up? They trying to take away your scoop scoops? It's unbelievable. I just want to let y'all know right now, ladies, uh, I am with you. I think it's your body, your choice. I agree with you on that. 100%. I agree with you when you say that men should have no say in the decisions you make with your bodies. Those are your decisions to make and yours alone. And I feel that way because uh, at the end of the day, when we all go up to heaven and God's like, why are we all killing babies? We're going to be like, (laughs) y'all. I think they're very clear whose decision this was, God. Uh, 
<laughs> Looks like you need to pay for your sins, babe. <laughs> Even though I pay for your sins. It's also funny to get, like, and smart to get the crowd, the women in the audience to cheer for that, like saying it's your body, your choice, to get everyone on board with that mm-hmm. and then hit them with, like, because we're not going to hell for it, you know? <laughs> I, I'm also surprised we didn't pull just the beginning of this special. It was ridiculous. Well, he, that's the other thing is, like, I was almost glad I paid for it because I was like, I need to help Andrew out. He's got, it's crazy well produced. He's got fucking Michael Buffer introducing him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. So it's like he he went all out for sure. So good for him for that. Yeah, definitely. It's I love Michael Buffer. I saw that and I went, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we are going to number six. Yeah, this is where um you wanted to talk about inserting a couple. Yeah. So I'm thinking. I think this is where we would put. This is this is where I didn't put Phil Handley on the list originally, and then I was I, just an oversight. I should have. He's around this area. I, it's hard to say if he was better than Sam Marill or not, but we'll just play it now mm-hmm. as uh, number six. I highly recommend Ooh La La, Phil Handley's special. Um, he talks a lot about uh, being dyslexic, which was a bit, and not being able to read, which was a big part of his life. Uh, he was a, a male model, which he talks about, um, clearly influenced by Dave Attell. I mean, a few guys on these list on this list were, but Phil Handley to the point where he does the crowd work, like kind of asks himself a question through the crowd, basically mm-hmm. like very clearly influenced by Dave Attell. Um, but I, I thought I didn't know much about Phil Hamlin. Uh, Dave, you want to talk about the circus? You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's that it's all yeah. to the point where you could argue it's like ripping it off. I would probably hate this guy then. I've it's never, very close I to that, but I think he's, I think he's very funny and he's in that crew. Like he's friends with Mark Norman, Sam Marill, Joe list, and he's in that crew but not nearly as well known for whatever reason, mm. um, which I think is, is strange to me because when I watched this special, I was like, Oh shit, he's uh, maybe, maybe a step below those guys, but probably, you know, will be on par with them once he has some more material out there. Uh, but I really liked Ooh La La on YouTube. So check that out. And this is a clip from that talking about uh, being dyslexic. I'm extremely uh, dyslexic, sir. And um, when I was a kid, I was in special ed all through school. My mom would do all my homework, all my projects. And then they still put me in special ed. And my sweet mom would always say to me, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed about being in special ed. And I'm glad she felt that way because technically she was in it too. And I was really. <laughs> It's wild. If your mom does your homework, parent-teacher conferences, it's like a different... It's a different vibe. So the teacher would be like, I think Phil needs to put in more effort. And my mom would be like, how dare you? He's working full-time. He's raising three kids. He is... He's a modern woman. So, it's, I mean, like, I think you could even probably tell from that clip there, like, Joe List, Sam Morell, that same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought his special was very funny. So check that out. Um, and now we're in the top five, I guess, right? We have yep. five left. Yep. Uh, so yeah, 
Sam Muriel, like I said, I went back and forth on whether or not Phil Handley was uh, better than that. I think Sam Muriel, one of the most underrated comics working today, uh, finally got a Netflix special. Um, Well-deserved. But I didn't think this was his best material. I think um, I Got This was better. Uh, his the, the Comedy Central special that was released on YouTube. They got millions of views. Um, and I also thought his uh, uh, Up on the Roof, his rooftop um, special that was filmed during the pandemic. I liked that one uh, a lot because I liked that. I liked uh, it was almost like a documentary. <laughs> yeah, it was well done. And I thought that he had better material in that as well. Um, that's no slight to this because obviously I thought it was, uh, you know, one of the five best specials of the year. Um, but this was called same time tomorrow on Netflix. And it was, I'll admit like it was kind of cool. Like guys like Tim Dillon and Sam Marill getting Netflix specials as much as maybe that means less now. I don't know, <laughs> but it was kind of cool to see Netflix kind of kind of start to acknowledge guys like that, you know? Right. Uh, so this is a clip from same time tomorrow. I saw a guy in the park the other day, tall white guy in a t-shirt that said, fuck racism. And I was like, Problem solved. <laughs> All it takes is the shirt. I was embarrassed I forgot to wear my Islamophobes can suck my nut hoodie. We could have we teamed up. You got to wear your obvious beliefs on your shirt. Everyone knows that. I'm going to roll into my friend's birthday in a shirt that says against baby rape. <laughs> my friends are going to be like, why are you wearing that? And I'm going to be like, are you for baby rape? Because some of us are a little fed up. <laughs> I just love that phrasing, a little fed up. <laughs> it's a good word. Fed up's good. <laughs> fed up with baby rape. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's uh, Sam and Mark have a similar style in that way where it's like very set up punch. Like they'll talk about, you know, kind of topical shit, but it's all very like, you know, influenced by guys like Mitch Hedberg, yeah. but it's also deeper material. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, Sam's is worth checking out for sure. And, uh, like the podcast that he does with Mark Normand, we might be drunk. Um, they go over bits a lot on there. So it's also kind of cool to hear them like work out bits that they're doing and then see them perform like how, how it came out basically, like how they kind of crafted it over time from when they mentioned it on the podcast. Um, kind of similar to how Bill Burr does it, where he mentions shit on his podcast, and then you'll see it in his stand-up. Yep. Uh, that happens a lot with a lot of people now. Yeah. Uh, so number four, I believe, is another Netflix one, right? Neil Brennan? Yep. So as much as we're saying uh, Netflix is dying, they're cranking out a lot of these uh, best specials of the year, at least in my opinion. Uh, I thought Neil Brennan's was great, actually. I thought it was a great special until... Did you watch it? No. Oh. You could probably turn it off like three minutes early. So Neil Brennan's um, one of his previous specials was called three mics yep. where he had three separate microphones and each one had a different meaning. So like he would get serious and talk about his personal life when he was standing at one mic. Um, the next mic was like funny stories. And the third mic was one liners that he had written. So it was a cool way to do a special. And there was a lot of like introspective stuff in there. This was strictly jokes until the last like minute. I said five minutes, maybe a one minute, like the last minute or so. 
he cuts off like the audience, like there's no audience. And he's just like, you know, why do I, why do I do this? <laughs> it's just like supposed to be some introspective, weird thing. To, it, it didn't ruin the special for me, but if it was, you know, three quarters as funny, it definitely would have, <laughs> you know, you, you like, like uh, luckily you, you remember uh, he's related to Kevin in these moments. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're actually surprised he's related to Kevin, where you're like, how is no one calling him out for this? <laughs> yeah. but, but luckily, the rest of the special was funny enough to offset that. And uh, like I said, Netflix really rails us. So there are a couple of jokes from this that I wanted to play that we can't. Hopefully we get away with playing this one. Um, but I thought this was a really funny joke uh, about Kanye West, actually. Oh, you know who's a, a liberal conundrum as a person? Kanye. Yeah, because when Kanye first started, he said, uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people, and conservatives were like, he needs to shut the fuck up, and liberals were like, no, he's an artist, let him speak. And then he started saying how much he liked Trump, and liberals were like, you know what, he doesn't need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> people are just, at, at this point are just exhausted by Kanye. People are like, that guy's fucking crazy. Yeah, no kidding. He's a rapper. Since when do you rely on rappers for their emotional stability? Like, what's your argument? Like, back in my day, there was a guy named Flavor Flav. And he'd walk around and say, yeah, boy, you know what time it is. And we did know what time it was. He had a fucking giant clock on his chest. <laughs> he, uh, he also has a very funny joke about uh, rescue dogs and saying, uh, no matter where you got your dog, it's actually a hostage because there, there's no dog that has willingly <laughs> gone into our captivity. Right. And uh, he has a whole bit about that that is also very funny. Pretty funny. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Neil's another one where there's like political shit in there and he's clearly very liberal, but it doesn't, you're not exhausted by it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, and co-creator of the Chappelle show. So obviously a very funny guy. Um, all right. Now we're in the top three that I would say are genuinely like deserve to be specials. Like in any other era, these people still put should have put out this material. Um, and number three is a guy you probably have not heard of unless you watch you the go show. way back in the catalog in the blind <laughs> Mike project. Yeah, that's right. Friend of the program. Um, yeah. Renan, Renan Hirschberg uh, was on the early days of the Blind Mike Project. Very funny guy. He also did a movie with podcast with Joe List for a while. I don't know if they're still doing that. Um, but he's very funny and a great joke writer. And uh, he opens for Louie a lot. He opens for Sam Marill a lot. Um, it's only like the last couple months I've started hearing him pop up on different podcasts to promote himself. Uh, but again, much like I said about Phil Handley, I'm surprised I don't hear him out there that much because he's a great joke writer. So like, I genuinely feel like Ronan could be mentioned in almost the same category as Norman List and Sam Marill, people he's friends with. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason I threw in this joke is cause, uh, he opens this special with COVID material. But it is COVID material that should, even if he waited five years, he should, like, I think it's actually very funny. It's not the exalt, like, remember wiping down your groceries? It's, not, it's <laughs> uh, just a funny angle on it the same way if he was talking about 
what a, you know, marriage or anything else. Like it's just a, a, a funny take on things. I did actually have COVID a couple of weeks ago for the first time, which is fucking embarrassing. <laughs> getting it this late. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's like finally watching Sopranos and wanting to talk about it. <laughs> like, Can you believe Adriana got shot? It's like, we did this two decades ago. Um, <laughs> and it's still scary, by the way. It's still scary because for most people, it's like a cold or a mild flu. But there's always some asshole who's like, it's been eight months. <laughs> still can't hear birds sing. <laughs> Lasagna now tastes like rat feces. And rat feces taste like lasagna. Like, just keep it to yourself, okay? <laughs> it was okay for me. Basically, for four days, I lied in bed, uh, really tired and depressed. Uh, it was a lot like not having COVID. <laughs> It was very similar to not. <laughs> I didn't really know where the COVID ended or began. <laughs> it's like when I had mono in college and my doctor told me not to engage in sexual activity for like two months and I had to pretend that'd be a big adjustment to my schedule. <laughs> yeah, he's very uh, self-deprecating. I just love his style. And may, like I said, maybe it's because I like guys like I mentioned before, like Norman and List. Uh, maybe that's why I was drawn to Ronan, but I thought his special was great. Uh, it's a YouTube special called Jokes from the Underground. Uh, he filmed it at the Village Underground in New York, um, and I, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, go check it out. It's another one like uh, Phil Hanley and Ryan Wong that, that doesn't have nearly as many as views uh, as it should, as I feel it should. Uh, but the top two of our on our list, I think, would rival... Uh, they're two of my favorites of all time, probably. Um, really, really good. And the one I have ranked number two, uh, I think I will probably watch more often than the one I have ranked as number one. Um, I think it has a lot better rewatchability. Uh, I just think we'll get to number one, but it's up there for a reason. Uh, but Joe List, this year's material on YouTube, uh, one point something. It was nearing two million views. Should have more. Um, he was honestly, I, I like. I hate myself. His first YouTube special, um, has a lot more views because it was on Comedy Central's YouTube and was very funny. But I think this was his best stuff, uh, by far. And it's been cool to watch him. Um, like I got into Joe List when his podcast was probably the size of this one. <laughs> like he had, yeah. you know, basically no listeners. So it's cool to watch him, you know, uh, kind of get more and more popular over the years. Um, he was also in Louis CK's movie, 4th of July, Star. which I think was the best movie of the year. So Joe said quite a year, in my opinion, one of the best specials and the best movie of 2022. Um, so, uh, and it, like, he opens with, this is a true story. He bought, he wanted the, um, they went to him and said, how would you feel about having the uh, comedy seller sign? Cause he shot at the comedy seller in New York. And they said, how would you feel about having like the comedy seller sign behind you? And in big lights, it says Joe list. And he says, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. And he thought it would be like a, a little sign, like just so you could see it in the shot. It was enormous and it took up the entire stage. It's huge. And he, 
he throws out the actual number. I forget if it was like $10,000 or something. <laughs> it cost him a shit ton of money. <laughs> now, I, you could also argue it was almost worth it because he has a good, you know, couple minutes on it to start the special. Um, but it was very funny. But this is just uh, another thing. I like, um, uh, for whatever reason, this has almost become a genre of jokes, like people breaking down movies. Uh, like I think Mulaney breaking down Back to the Future is hilarious. Uh, you saw Louie do this with um, uh, Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm. in his last special. That that was very funny. And uh, Joe List talks about Forrest Gump here, and it's a a breakdown that I've never really heard before, but is very funny. How about Forrest Gump? You see Forrest Gump? Where'd you go? You saw that one, right? I love that movie. <clears throat> Some people hate it. I love it. Best picture, 94. Fantastic, if you ask me. I got beef, though. I rewatched it. Movies get different as you watch them like later in life. And uh, I got beef with one of the characters, Mrs. Gump, specifically, played wonderfully by Sally Field, who's Tom Hanks' mother in that movie, and a love interest in a movie four years earlier. So, <laughs> a, little, a little movie magic. <laughs> This is my issue. Remember the scene where uh, Forrest Gump, he graduates from the University of Alabama. Somehow. We're not sure how exactly. It's a little iffy. <laughs> Early on in the film, he's too dumb to get into kindergarten. Later, he graduates from the University of Alabama. <laughs> he couldn't get into kindergarten. His mother had to bang the principal. That's how he got in. This was pre-Me Too movement. That was a fair exchange back in the day. He gets into the public school system. Plays football, graduates University of Alabama. And then at graduation, remember this? He graduates, and a guy in an army uniform walks up, and he hands him a pamphlet. And he says, have you given any thought to your future? And Forrest says, thought, because he doesn't know what thoughts are. He's confused. (laughs) And then it just cuts to Forrest. He's on the bus. He's joined the army. And there's a drill instructor like, get your bitch ass on the army bus, you pussy, or whatever. (laughs) And Forrest is like, oh, my God, I think I made a big mistake. And this is where I have an issue with Mrs. Gump. I really feel like she should have stepped in and looked out for her son. If you, know, if you didn't see the movie, he's in grave danger. He's going directly to Vietnam. It's 1968. And here's what I think. I think Mrs. Gump wanted to get rid of Forrest. That's, what I, that's the argument I'm presenting. I think she was like, I'm tired of paying for leg braces and banging all these principles. That's a great idea. Go to Vietnam. See what you can do over there. Because he wasn't going to get drafted. He was safe. He was draft exempt for a few reasons. One, he was a college graduate. Two, he was his mother's only son. And three, he was retarded. So I feel like... (laughs) I feel like he was safe. Then he came home two years later. He's like, I'm home, mama. She's like, you got to be shitting me. Are you serious? God damn it. Oh, I thought I took care of this. That's great. So I, I I love Joe List. I think he's the most underrated comic working today. Uh, the idea that like Norman is more famous than him for some reason is odd to me. Uh, not that I think he should be less. I just don't know why. Like I think they're both equally amazing comics. Mark is um, significantly better on podcasts. Um, not always though. When Joe's comfortable, he's a great podcast guest yeah but he's often he's, just, he's often uncomfortable <laughs> he, he he gets a little weird on rogan yes i think that's the that's the main one um but to be fair joe's a weird guy to be goofy with like mark has figured out how to do it mm-hmm. but mark also has ari and shane there like i think if joe went and uh, joe list when did rogan's podcast with 
let's say Dan Soder and Louis J. Gomez or something, mm-hmm. you know, the guys you could be a little silly with, then I think it'd be great. It's just that Joe, Joe's an odd guy. He doesn't really get jokes. Jokes, are, jokes aren't his thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, a, he's not a, for a comedian. He's not a big fan of jokes. <laughs> he kind of hates them. <laughs> so yeah, I think Joe list is a fantastic comedian and it was hard for me to not put that as number one because it's the only special on this list that like I will quote to like, you know, it's in my arsenal of uh, quotes that I will use that I will recommend to people. Like if I'm watching with friends, I'll, I want to put this on or if people ask me for a recommendation, I will say this year's material Joe list. Um, it's probably the only one on this list that I will like rewatch years to come. And, you know, probably every year at some point, like I really loved this special, but the one I have ranked at number one was so well done that I couldn't put it any lower than first. Um, I thought it was also great. I thought the material was great. Um, like I said, I related more to Joe List's special mm-hmm. in the same way that I relate to Mulaney. Like I'll quote it just in scenarios. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll use Joe List's material as like, you know, Oh, relating to this everyday scenario. So it's different in that way. Ari's material in this special special was great. Ari Shafir Jew on YouTube, which is nearing in on 6 million views, oddly enough. Done, done. And uh, it, it is about, it is similar to, the only comparison I could think of was Colin Quinn. Yep. Um, whether it be Unconstitutional or New York Story or uh, Red State, Blue State. And there's one other one I'm forgetting. Yeah, he has another one in that same one-man show type of style. Yeah, where it is, it focuses on one topic. So it's like they call it a one-man show, but it's stand-up. It is, it's you know, genuine stand-up. They just happen to be focusing on one topic. Um, the best line I think was uh, from Rich Voss's roast, uh, where Joe DeRosa says, "When did Colin Quinn become the substitute teacher that wants to make learning fun?" <laughs> <laughs> but. Honestly, that was, that's a good way to describe this special, too, because Ari Shafir, who grew up Orthodox Jew, a very strictly religious, almost became a rabbi, in fact, um, and then pivoted to a degenerate stand-up comedian. Um, it gives, you know, basically the story of Judaism, kind of in the way we said, um, uh, when I was at Skankfest, I was telling you about uh, Matt and Shane's live show when McCusker went through the crusades, <laughs> similar storytelling vibe to that, where it's almost like drunk history, where it's like, you're hearing this guy who doesn't come off as smart, but he's going very in depth and telling this story in his way. And you're actually, you are like, you know, kind of through the back door, learning something through it. Right. Um, I do actually quote this uh, special a lot. Um, this one? Yeah. Um, my, my boss, Bruce Mittman, some of you might know who he is. Um, he, boys. <laughs> hello boys. Um, every time he, he like, uh, asked me to do something and I, I like don't hear him cause he speaks funny. <laughs> I'll be like, sorry, I'm just being a dumb goy again. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned that from this, which is funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very funny. And, um, it, the, my, my one, it's not even a complaint cause it's good. It's good all the way through. Mm-hmm. There's not a point where it like loses steam. I don't think, but it is an hour and a half. It is very long. So I just put that out as a disclaimer, just cause we're all, you know, like TikTok and 
you know, short form videos have really fucked up our attention spans. As this so as just, this podcast reaches ninety minutes, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, you can you can handle this. <laughs> if you made You've it gotten to this one, yeah. If you, you made it this, if you special. made it this far, you will love this special. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I think it's very well done. Let's just hear a joke from that. That um, I it, there might be better jokes in this special. This is probably the one that I laughed the hardest at. I thought this was a um, very good choice. It's about uh, Hanukkah. <laughs> but yeah, same amount of presents though. It's supposed to get it's supposed to get one present a day for eight days, and then if you have like nine or ten presents, you just double up a day or two. Uh, so one year I, I didn't have eight presents; I only had seven presents. My mom didn't know what to do to get me to get me every day a present instead of just ra- getting one extra present. You know, some shit like wrapping avocado, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Instead, her fix was to split a present into two and wrap each half separately. Like I wouldn't know. Like I opened up day one's present. I was like, oh, it's skateboard wheels only. I wonder what's in tomorrow's flat oval box. She's like, you'll never guess. I'm like, it's for sure a skateboard, mom. I'm the second smartest race in the world, and this is very easy to figure out as it is. Korean. <laughs> it just, it hit me so hard the first time because I was literally trying to think. I was like, "Oh, did I miss where he said the first re- Like I was wondering who he's talking about. And he takes that long pause where you think he's just going to move on. That might be the best joke he's like told. <laughs> I, I enjoy it very much. I love that, but yeah, like I said. Um, there's, there's a lot to it. He goes through the entire story of Judaism as well as like his own personal stories and it's shot very well. The set is very cool with all the candles. Behind how long, shit. how long do you think that took to light all those? Oh, it must've been crazy. And they had to do it both nights. He filmed on two separate nights and they had to do it back to back nights. <laughs> Get all new candles for the second night. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think that's probably at least as far as like what went into it and everything, probably the best special of the year. Like I said, pretty neck and neck with Joe lists. And as far as like my personal favorite, I think Joe List this year's material might edge it out, but like Ari's was so well done that I had a hard time not putting it number one overall. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so those are my recommendations for the year gang. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully, uh, you know, learned something. You picked up a few comics that you weren't familiar with, and you can go check those out. Um, I'll also do, we'll close out by doing uh, some 2023 predictions in the uh, comedy world before we get back to, you know, the history stuff next week. Mm -hmm. Um, But first, I do want to say go to blindmike.net. That's where you get uh, all our stuff, whether it be for free or the Patreon, sign up, and uh, you can go to verygoodshow.org. Yeah, to get the uh, aforementioned very good show or come town light as some some people call it. Yeah, yes, yeah, a soft load of come town. <laughs> um, we call it pre come. So yeah, go go to those to there you go to support the boys. Um, but I just wanted to throw out a few things for 2023. Um, first of all, my prediction for the best special of the year because I have seen the material live and I was 
blown away by how good it was. Now, maybe again, it'll be a situation where it's like I was there live, so I'm overrating how good it was. Uh But I thought Joe DeRosa, who has been talking about putting this out as a special called I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. Um, I saw him in Somerville when he was here a couple months ago. And I, I didn't know he was this good a comedian. I thought it was great. Oh, he's I've, I've loved him forever. Yeah, I thought his material was amazing. It's kind of done, again, to use the Colin Quinn comparison, a little one-man show-ish in the sense that there's like kind of a through line. Mm-hmm. But it's just genuine. Like it's stand-up, regular stand-up. Um, but I was blown away by that material when I saw it live. So I'm hoping he puts out a special in 2023 because I think it will be one of the best for sure. Yep. Um, I was also at the taping of Big J Okerson's special. Um, which I think will be very good. I think it will come out very well. Um, one other interesting thing to look at is uh, Nate Bergetzi just announced he's putting his special out on Amazon. Yeah. Again, another like, what does that mean for Netflix? If guys start moving there, because like Nate's a pretty big deal and has a loyal audience that will follow him there probably. I don't think so I don't like, think I wonder it's, what that means for these streaming services, how spread out the content is going to be. I, I don't think that's going to really mean much because uh, Jim Gaffigan did this. He left Netflix and went and did Amazon. He did it once and yeah. came right back. <laughs> so I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And it, I guess Nate said he did it because he will own it afterwards. Um, like he will own this special. And that's why he did it that way. So it'll eventually be on um, Netflix. The other thing I wanted to uh, say, not even a prediction, but just to look out for in 2023, uh, Chad Daniels. Are you familiar with Chad Daniels at all? No. He's very funny and crazy underrated. Um, He's from Minnesota, and I think he lives in Minnesota, which is why you don't like hear him on a lot of these podcasts or anything. He was just on your mom's house, and he talked about he shot in one night two different specials. Really? So he shot an hour for the early show. Then he went back and changed his shirt and shot an hour for the late show. And he's releasing both specials in 2023. Uh, I would say look out for that. Cause I think Chad Daniels is hilarious and doesn't get mentioned enough. Even by me, like I forget about him sometimes. Is he going to so, do it at the same time? Like release the same day that I don't know. He didn't really get into that. Hmm. I'm curious about that. I think it'd be cool if he released them like on separate platforms, you know, we actually need to see which one does better. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting, but I don't know how exactly he's going to do it, but keep an eye out for that. Shane's probably going to have one come out at the end of next year. I would think so. Yeah, I would think Shane will probably have one. Uh, Mark Norman will probably have one or will have one. He's shooting it. Um, I think Andrew Santino has one coming out on Netflix, which I would say I thought his Amazon special sucked. (laughs) Andrew (laughs) Santino. Yeah. Like I was really disappointed with it. And then I saw him at the Wilbur the last time he was here. And was really surprised at how much better he'd gotten. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to keep an eye out for that. And guys, I would say to also watch for whether they put out like a half hour. Oh, that's the other thing I meant to mention at the beginning too. Like Akash Singh put out a special quote unquote that was very good, but it was only 20 minutes long, which mm. I thought was interesting, an interesting way to do it. Uh, it's a popular um, trend. Uh, I wouldn't some, even consider that a special. That's just like a YouTube clip. Some other juggernaut did the same thing. Who's that? <laughs> Fucking uh, Gringo Poppy, dude. Oh, well, yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess, we, you know, Brennan Schaub really started the trend. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
if you're talking about guys that might put out a half hour or something like that, or I hope they do, uh, the Philly crew, like Chris O'Connor and Matt McCusker, oh. I think should be headlining all over the place. If Matt, um, if Matt ever gets an hour, it is literally, it's literally going to be can't miss. We saw when we saw Shane in the open form, it was some of the funniest 25 <laughs> minutes I've ever seen. He was, he was tremendous, honestly. And Chris O'Connor, same way. I've seen Chris O'Connor open for Shane and Santino, mm-hmm. and he's, he's got hilarious material. So I hope those guys come out with something. Uh, the Are You Garbage guys, I hope, release something. Yeah, and if you uh, want to see that Philly, if you want to see that material performed at a smaller venue in, I don't know, a basement in Philly, you can go check it out there, too. Um, oh, yes. Is that right? Has he announced that? No, I don't know. I'm just talking about that guy stealing more of their shit. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought we were talking about something else. But uh, like the Are You Garbage guys I saw at Skankfest, mm-hmm. and H. Foley had a joke about Capital One. <laughs> and yeah, he has a Capital One card. And he goes, uh, he goes, I get all these emails in the middle of the night from Capital One saying, uh, hey, can you refer a friend for us? You know, it's a sketchy credit card company when in the middle of the night, they shake you awake and say, hey, you know anybody? <laughs> <laughs> He's very so funny. I, I, hope like all the, I hope a lot of those Philly guys come out with stuff um, in the coming year. I think that would be something to look, uh, keep an eye on. So Blue Collar Comedy Tour is, you guys, I was going to say yeah. Blue Collar Comedy Tour is coming to an end, so they could be the new one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all them. <laughs> yeah. Um, though just a white trash comedy, <laughs> white tour. trash comedy tour. <laughs> uh, yeah. So keep an eye out for all of that in uh, the new year. Let me know any, you know, corrections, recommendations, things I missed. Um, if you think my list sucks, if you have a better one, send it to us, let us know on, uh, you know, Twitter or Instagram or wherever, let us know on the Patreon, hopefully. Yeah. And, um, we will talk to you. This will be the last episode of the year, right? i I think that's how I lined it up. I hope. <laughs> I believe so. All right. Well, then we will talk to you guys in 2023. Uh, thank you for all the support over the last year. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next time on Why Are You Laughing?